Who was here last week? Can you remember what the title was? Yes. Making of Disciples. Amen? Yep. We're going to continue on with that a little bit today, and we're going to finish it up next week ready for our fivefold. That's what we're going to do. So, uh, the, how about we pray together, yeah? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm. Lord, as we are gathered here in your presence, as your word says, wherever two or three are gathered, you're in the midst. God, let that become a reality. As your spirit ministers to each one of us, as you change us from glory to glory, as you work in our lives, let that be a, let there be greater encounters, God, in our midst. Just as was said to us before, we don't merely want to just sing a song, we want to live it. We don't want to just hear something and forget all about it. We don't want to be double-minded, God. We want to be people who live out your word by the power of your spirit. So today, God, we pray that, Lord, that the word would find good soil, wouldn't be choked by weeds, wouldn't be, wouldn't be full of worries. We wouldn't forget what we hear, but it would find good soil, that we would do something with what you're saying to the church at this time. And, Lord, we want to see that crop that is 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. God, we are desperate for you. We are desperate, God, to see the reality, God, of your kingdom expressed more and more in this city and this region. We want to see the name of Jesus uplifted and glorified and exalted, the rightful place, the name above all names. We want to see your church come alive in this region, not merely spectators just listening to stuff, but, Lord, that we would live out, Lord, what you have for us more and more each day. God, we want to thank you that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. We thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. So the message title this morning is, When You, I Will. Does that intrigue you? Not at all. There's a couple of people. When You, I Will. When I, was, um, when I finished sharing last week, uh, Loretta, I don't think she's here today, she, no, Loretta uh, sent me this, so sorry Loretta if you didn't want me to mention your name, <laughs> Loretta sent me this little uh, 20 minute video and said, hey Tim, thanks for today, you basically, you know, I really believe that this will really encourage you, um, so grab a listen of it and, you know, let me know, and so I did. I grabbed the listen of it, um, I watched it for 20 minutes and I came away greatly encouraged because it was confirming everything that God was saying to me in my prayer time. Isn't that always good? We have to make disciples. The reason that the nation is where it is today, hey, prayer Megan, welcome married couple over there. There they are. They said, oh, we probably won't come today because we're a bit tired. And I said, that's for go, that's fine, go for it, yes. But they're here. Hey, come on. We have to make disciples. And I, and, and I really feel God is pressing the button on this. Because even if we have an altar call today, you know, even if we have an altar call today, and you come down the front and go, yes, yes, I want to give my life to that. If you don't do anything with it tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, it becomes a word that just gets choked by the, word, by the, the worries of this world and it becomes unfruitful. It has to be a when you, I will. 
We have to make disciples. We don't just want converts. We don't just want church attendees. It's not about numbers. I, I heard someone say years and years ago, you know, God is, God is concerned about numbers because he wrote a book about it. And I went, But I was like, no, he's not. I mean, yes, his heart is that, no, is, is that not one would perish, but all would be saved. But he, he's not concerned whether we have 3,000 in this auditorium or whether we have 30. And we see so many times in Scripture where it's not, he doesn't need big numbers. He just needs a few people that say, here I am, Lord, send me. Look at Gideon's army. It was trimmed and trimmed and trimmed till there was just 300 men, mighty men. There was an army of Israel when Goliath was standing up against them and the army was cowering. And it's like, no, we just can't stand it. And it was just one man. It was David who said, who are you to defy the armies of the Lord God of Israel? It was one man. He doesn't need a lot of people. He just needs some people that will say, here I am, God. We have to make disciples. The church, the Western church, has not been good at that. We want, we, we want the warm and fuzzies, we want the numbers, we want the older calls, but what happens tomorrow? What happens next week when something happens in my life? What, what happens even when I'm feeling a bit blah? I always say to people, when you feel blah is the time that you actually need to, you need to meet with some other people. Because the, the feeling of blah is the first step of falling away. Whether that's three people in a coffee shop, whether that's Friday night prayer, or whether that's here, it doesn't matter. But you need to meet with someone to get you out of those blahs. The enemy wants to segregate people so he can pluck them off. We have to make disciples. You know, there's so much reference in Scripture to things like perseverance and discipline. We don't like talking about that, though, do we? I'll tell you what, anyone who's in business or anyone who's, who's been a leader in anything knows that leadership is tough. You need perseverance. Otherwise, you'd quit 25,000 times over. It's true. In fact, where were we the other day? can't remember, was some gathering where there was people from other fellowships and other places. Someone came up to me and said, you know, I've been convicted that we don't pray, pray for our leaders enough. We actually don't pray for pastors. People want to speak about them in a negative way, but they never want to pray. I'm thinking that is probably right. Leadership is tough. You need perseverance. But we all need Perseverance. We all need to persevere. I believe that it's time to engage. I believe it's time to engage. If you've found your gear stick, or if you're, or if you're American, oh, hang on, there's only one of us, I think, your shift lever, two, your shift lever, it's time to engage it. It's time to drop the clutch and put it into gear and it's time to engage. There's an urgency in the spirit. There is an urgency in the spirit. I was saying at Friday night prayer the other night and I'm just going to speak prophetically a little bit to you for a minute. 
that at the start of the year, all the way through January, I had this thing in my gut. And I've had it at times before, but it's just about a situation, and then I pray about it, and it leaves. Does anyone else ever have that kind of stuff happen sometimes? But all the way through January, I couldn't shake it. I'd worship, and I'd pray, and I'd do my thing, and it would lift, but then the next day, it was back again. I'm thinking, what is this? And then COVID hit, and I went, oh. As soon as it manifested, it was like, I released. The last week, I've been feeling it again. I'm thinking, what is going on now? What is happening now? There is an urgency in the Spirit, and the church has to listen to what God is saying. We need to get in tune with God, amen? I think about passages in Scripture. I'm just going to go back a step before we go forward. Is that all right? I'm sorry if I'm going to jump around a little bit. In Romans 8, it says this, For creation eagerly awaits the, ante- the anticipation for the sons of God to be revealed. And I think that's an end. I actually believe that's an end. I believe the fullness of that is when Christ returns and the sons of God, in that sense, are manifested. Amen. Because there's a new heaven and a new earth. Yep. But I but also believe that it's an end, that it's a now thing. The creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed now. That, that is that we are to stand in, in who we are in Christ now. Why do I believe that? Because if we go all the way back to Genesis, before sin had entered into the world, this is what we read. God created man in his own image. He created them in the image of God. He created the male and female. Amen? We were created. Man was created in the image of God, male and female. And he says them. He says, God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. That's the sons of God. That's the sons of God. Do we have an amen? Be fruitful. We're called to be fruitful. Multiply. We're called to multiply. The kingdom of God is advancing. We're called to see multiplication. We're called to fill the earth and we're called to subdue it. That is, we bring you know, heaven to earth. It's His kingdom come and His will be done. It's His plans and it's His purposes and it's His will and it's His way. We could put it another way in Isaiah 60, arise and shine. See, darkness covers the earth and thick dark darkness is over the people, but the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You see, we, we were never called to be passive, but we're called to engage. And we're called to see transformation. It's called to see His will be done. It's end time living, but not with a sit back in my lounge chair and wait. But it's an urgency in my spirit that says, you know what, I'm going to engage. And I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to see his kingdom come. Amen? This is, we're not the only generation that needs to be reminded about this. Look what happened at the start of the book of Acts. Jesus was with them. And he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait for the Father's promise. 
He said, you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? They were preoccupied with something else. They were looking up in a sense, going, God, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel right now? They were preoccupied with that. And this is what the Lord said to them. He says, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He was saying to them, don't be preoccupied about the when, but live in the now. Because you are called to be my witnesses now. You are called to live for me now. And whether it's tomorrow or whether it's 10 years or whether it's 50 years, we're not preoccupied with that. We are preoccupied about living by the power of the Holy Spirit now. Or am I the only one that's been stirred about this? We have to be in it for the long haul. We have a microwave society. And unfortunately, we have a microwave Christianity where if I don't get it now, I give up on it. Where are the people that are willing to stand and believe in the promises of God and to see them manifest in the earth? It is time we get some spiritual strength in us, it's time that we make a stand for Jesus. The guy that the, the message that Loretta shared was a guy called Johnny Enlow. He was on Sid Roth at Supernatural. Anyone ever seen Sid Roth at Supernatural? A few people? Oh, you already seen that. And one of the things that he said, and I'm, I'm not going to get into detail about the other stuff, but one of the things he said was this. He's been ministering in Peru for 30 years as a prophet of the Lord. His parents were missionaries there, so he had some sort of affiliation with them. But he's been ministering in Peru for 30 years. Isn't that a labor of love? Amen? Going back and forwards into that society. When he first started in Peru ministering there, the um, extreme poverty was 90%. That is 90% of Peru was in extreme poverty. What does that look like? 90%. 30 years later, there is only 10% of Peru that is in extreme poverty. You can't tell me that that is not the kingdom of God advancing. Yes, there's salvations. Yes, there's signs. Yes, there's wonders. But there is a transformation that is happening. And he stands beside the, the president. He stands beside government officials, officials as a prophet of God speaking into that nation. This is what I'm saying. We as the people of God, one of the things I've been praying for is that things would shift, that we, that we would be the voices that would stand beside our council and speak the word of God. Not, not humanism, not secularism, not all this kind of stuff, but as the people of God that we would be speaking into these people's lives. So this week, as a follow-up from last week, I kept hearing the words, when you, I will. There's so many examples in Scripture when God says something and it's, when you, I will. I think sometimes that we can be sitting back and we can be waiting. Waiting, God, waiting. When God has already said, when you, I will. When we activate that promise, when we do that, He will. 
Are you with me? Some people? Maybe? Anyway, it looks like I'm going it alone for a while. No, just kidding. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. When you pray, when you seek me with all of your heart, you will. I will be found by you, says the Lord. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. Seek God. It's a promise. It wasn't just for them. It's a truth. It's a principle that goes through. When you seek me, I will be found by you. God, where are you in this situation? I've been reading, you know, um, I went through Proverbs. A chapter, a chapter a day keeps the enemy, or a proverb a day keeps the enemy away. Amen? Hands up who goes through Proverbs regularly. A proverb a day keeps the enemy away. You're, you're sowing wisdom into your life as you read Proverbs. Well, lately I've been going back through Psalms because the Lord says, now I want you to read Psalms. David's Psalms were real. Where are you, God? What is happening here, God? My God, why have you forsaken me? But he didn't stay in that place. He said, but my hope is in God. But I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yet. So when you pray, when you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, he says. Isaiah 43 verse 2 is another promise. When you go through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the fire, I will be with you. When you, when you, I will. Amen? What about one that gets mentioned often? 2 Chronicles 7.14. When my people, it's, it's as if my people, but you can translate that into the when. When my people humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. When you, I will. Matthew 6.14, when you forgive, I will forgive you. Woo! That's, that's a tough one, isn't it? No? Forgiveness? When you, I will. Matthew 18.20, when you gather, when you gather together, when you gather, I will be with you. Whenever two or three gather, there I am in the midst of them. I am. I will be with you. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. When you go, go therefore and make disciples of nations. And, and, and guess what he said? I will be with you. As you go, I will be with you. Often we sit here going, God, please just be with me. You know, just please be with me. Um, he said, I already told you. Just go. I'll be with you. I'm with you, surely, to the end of the age. Isaiah 40, verse 31, as you wait, when you wait upon the Lord, he will raise you up on eagles' wings. He will give you a new strength as you wait upon the Lord. We could keep going for, for hours, but I, you probably get sick of me by then. Giving. We can talk about giving, we can talk about praying, we can talk about going, we can talk about speaking, but the principle is when you, I will. And what about this one? What about this one? I'll read this one straight from, well, I was reading the other ones, but I'm reading it from the open book. 
See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. When he is knocking and when we answer that knock and open the door, I will come in and I will fellowship with you. I will break bread with you. I will partake with you. I will. You see, the response is not whether we necessarily come forward or not. The response is, what do we do tomorrow? That's the response. That's the response. In all my heart, I gen, I gen, hang on. I'm no very good saying that, that word. Genuinely, there you go, got it. Want to see an authentic, God-ordained move of God in this region. We cannot manufacture that, but we can position ourselves. Do you believe that? We cannot manufacture a genuine, authentic move of God. We can have great meetings, we can be really excited, but we cannot manufacture the genuine, authentic move of God. Only God can do that, but we can position ourselves. And I think God is saying to us today, when you... I will. We have a part to play in that. I really believe that. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Because I've been in places where there's been altar calls week after week after week. And please, please hear me. Please don't mishear me. I'm not saying that altar calls are bad, okay? Please don't mishear me. But I've seen people go forward week after 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 the week and there's been no change. Has anyone else ever seen that? They're still dealing with the same issues. They're still stuck in the same sin. They're still going round and round in circles. It's because what do we do Monday with what just happened Sunday? This is, this is where we go back to making disciples. This is what I said last week. Every single one of us needs to humble ourselves and allow other people to speak into our lives, to minister, not just anyone, but someone you respect and you trust in God, that you, that you come to them and say, I want you to be like a mentor in my life. I want you to be like someone that speaks in my life. But then the flip side is then that you need to then go and minister into someone else's life. We're all called to make disciples and we're all called to be a disciple. Every single one of us. And that can only happen as we all come out of passiveness and into engaging. Because guess what? I don't have enough time in my life to meet with all of you every week. And if I tried to, I would be an absolute train wreck. <laughs> That's reality. Sometimes I meet with six or seven people in the day, and by the end of the day, after ministering to six or seven people, I am emotionally and physically, whoo, whoo. <laughs> Good one, Malachi. We're all called to this disciple-making thing. But as I said last week, it's a two-way thing. You need people who are willing to make disciples, but you have to have people that are willing to be disciples. It does not work any other way.
But why do we need this? Because we, when we leave this place today, we all go out into different spheres of society. Amen? Hands up who's involved with education. A few. Hands up who's involved with business. Hands up who's involved with just, I don't know, other areas of community, sports clubs or, or other groups. We could just keep going on and on, couldn't we? We are all called into different spheres and areas of society. That's where God's placed us. Do, have we ever seen that where we are is God's divine place for us to minister? Do we see our workplace? Do we see our connections? Do we see our, you know, community engagements as a place? Health. There's another one I've just seen. Hands up who's involved with health. A few. See, we, we could just keep going. See, Jesus said this, and these, this is truth, spoken straight from the Word of God. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. Amen? That's where you are. Paul said that we are the aroma of Christ among those who are perishing. He also said that we are ministers of reconciliation. He also said that we are overcomers and we are more than conquerors. And he also declared that we are the sons of God. He wrote in Ephesians that we are seated with Christ. You, you know these things. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What are we doing with all that? This is why we need the engagement. This is why the body of Christ needs to rise. The whole lot of us. I think the enemy is working overtime to keep us passive. Where we come and we gather, and yeah, we may even enjoy what we, what's happening right now, but then when we walk out tomorrow, we've forgotten all about it, and we just live life, and I'll see you next week. This is actually a time where we can be encouraged and strengthened. This is a time where we can be equipped. This, this uh, can be a time of connection so that when we go out, we are further and strengthened and encouraged to take the message of the kingdom of heaven into whatever sphere, into whatever area that we're a part of. However you do that. You don't have to do it the way I do it. I, I don't do it the way that you do it. In, in, in worship today, I got this strange word and I didn't speak it out because I thought I'll just sit on it for a while. But the Lord said, the sin of comparison has entered my church. The sin of comparison has entered my church. I didn't see that as just, I didn't see that just, I saw that as the whole thing. The sin of comparison. That we, we're not called to compare ourselves to one another, but we're called to be transformed into the image of Christ. Yeah? Even if we have the similar kind of ministry, Two prophetic voices, for example. Don't compare yourself because you've got different graces. We're not all kind of in, you know, those Star Wars movies, Clone Wars. We ain't all clone. We are unique. We are individual. And we're not called to compare ourselves, but we are called to be transformed into the image of Christ. Is there an amen? So I just want to turn to Isaiah 58. I've read these before, but I felt the Lord said to read them again. Maybe we need to be encouraged in it again. In Isaiah 58, it says this. Isn't it funny? It's, I mean, I, well, I could read the whole lot, but I, it's going to take a while. So let's just start at verse 9. It says, at that time when you call. There it is. There's another one. When you. 
The Lord will answer. When you cry out, g'day buddy, when you cry out, when you, he will say, here I am. If you get rid of the yoke among you, the finger pointing, malicious speaking, and if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted one, then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will be like noonday. The Lord will lead you and satisfy you in a, in, a, in a parched land and he will strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring whose water never runs dry. How cool is that? Doesn't matter what's happening in the world, we've got a living spring that never runs dry. And then it says, some of you. Isn't that interesting? Some of you. So it's a corporate thing. When you, I will, yet... Some of you, interesting that, will rebuild the ancient ruins. This is what I've read many times before. You will restore the foundations laid long ago. You will be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets where people live. Just imagine with me for a minute. I think sometimes we struggle with imagination. Does anyone struggle with imagination from the point of view that you've been told that imagination, don't imagine anything. Imagination is, a, you know, bad. Have you ever heard that? But did you know that you imagine things all the time? Do we realise that? I'll give you a classic example. Someone rings you up on the telephone who never rings you up on the telephone and says, I want to meet with you. We need to talk about something. What, what happens? Is it just me? My imagination kicks into overdrive. Oh my goodness, what's happened? What's the issue between us? What do we, what's going to happen? Or, or is that just me? Anybody? A few more. Okay, good, right. Well, good, we're being honest. See, that's your imagination. So if the enemy wants to use your imagination, is it possible that God wants to use it? Is it possible that it needs to be submitted to God and that God wants to use it? I, I would say yes. So I would say to you today, let's imagine what Bundaberg and the region of Wide Bay would look like where there was a rebuilding of ancient ruins going on where there was a restoration of foundations that were laid long ago. This city was founded upon the principles of God's words. I don't know whether you realise that or not, but it was. Other people came in later, but it was founded upon the principles of God's word. Can you imagine what it would be, look like, to repair the broken walls and the restorer of streets with dwellings? Can you imagine what it would look like to see families restored in this region? Can you imagine with me for a minute? There is no more divorce. There is no more abuse. There is no more addiction. There is no more kids being kicked out of home. There is no more disrespect. There's no more aggression. There's no more. Can you imagine with me for a minute? And then comes the challenge. Do we believe that that is possible? That's where the rubber will meet the road. Will we be like the early disciples that think, well, okay, God, when are you just going to come? When are you just going to come? 
Or are we going to take the words of Jesus in context to us today and says, that's not for you to know. But what I'm saying to you today is this. Go and be my witnesses. In Bundaberg, Wide Bay, Queensland, Australia, and wherever else I send you, go and be my witnesses. Go and be my living testimonies. Be the change. I've heard Bruce say that before. Be the change. Be the change. We are sons and daughters of the King. We are seated with Him in heavenly places. We are the salt. We are the light. We are the aroma. We are ministers of reconciliation. We've already been encouraged through Tammy. We are priests of the Most High God. What are we going to do with it? This is why we need to make disciples. Isn't it? This is where we need other people in our life. This is where iron sharpens iron. This is where we, we grow one another and we grow together to see transformation. I've got some other stuff, but I'm going to leave that to next week. Otherwise, I'll probably go for another half an hour. So can I encourage you today to continue to seek God? Can I encourage you today to say, God, I actually, I do feel a bit disconnected. If there's anyone here today that feels a little bit disconnected, you're doing life by yourself. Well, not just by yourself, but with your husband or with your sister or your brother. or, But you feel a bit disconnected. Saying, God... Actually make a decision today. Say, God, I actually want some people to speak into my life. I'll, I actually need people in my life that I can catch up with and, and I will allow them to speak into my life. Make a decision today. And also say, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to invest in someone else's life. I'm willing to be the change in someone else's life. God, that you would send that person, that we would see that connection. That's body ministry, hey? That is body ministry. Every person, every person ministering, every person connected. If we start going in that direction, if we start going in that direction, the enemy will be able to, won't be able to pick off as many people because there'll be more people connected. Because the problem with the structure of the modern day church is that people just leave it to certain people to do that for them. When it's actually our responsibility to do that for one another. That's, being, that's part of being a family. It's actually our responsibility to do that for one another. Go home today if you need to go home today. Look through some other verses. When you, I will. Be open to what God wants to say. He's a good father and he's, and he's wanting to lead you into abundant life. He's wanting to lead you into, into a joy that you've never known before, as Eddie said. He wants to lead you into the fullness of salvation that was purchased at Calvary for you. Amen? I am totally convinced that when we start living like that, the witnessing is going to happen automatically. Because why else would Jesus say, when you love one another, the world will know that you are my disciples? When it, why else would he say, you know, that if you are one, as me and the Father are one, that my glory will be manifested. Why else? 
So let's make a decision today to set our sail and to chart our course in the next chapter of our journey where we're all engaged in making disciples. Amen? Where's the team? Jesus, thank you, Lord. We're going to stand and sing, but let's just stand and let's, let's just let the Holy Spirit just minister to us for, for a minute. I just feel some stuff in the Spirit. So let's just stand. They'll start playing a couple of chords or something. Yeah, thanks. We just thank you, Lord, today. We thank you for your Spirit in us, amongst us. We thank you, Lord, today for your presence. We thank you for your love that never fails. Lord, we thank you that, that you are there, as has been mentioned today, that you are the Father that is there with outstretched arms as we come running to you. If there's anyone here today that feels like they've been like a bit of a prodigal, the Father's arms are outstretched to you today and he simply says, come, come, come. He will restore you in every way. But the thing about the restoration of God is He doesn't just restore you, but He upgrades you at the same time. If there's anyone here, Tom's already mentioned. Things have been happening. I wonder whether we've been picking up on these things in the Spirit. Um, if there's anyone today that feels that they've been carrying an, an orphan spirit around, that struggles to know that they're loved and accepted and secure in God, that's struggling to know the love of the Father, like, like, the, like the other son, in that same story, he was busy. So he was so busy serving the Father that he didn't realize that everything the Father that he had, that everything the Father had was his. That a revelation would come to you today that you are loved, that you are accepted, that you are secure, that everything that he has is yours. Because Jesus paid the price. Oh, there's anyone that's been in discouragement, I break it off today. I declare that discouragement has no place. But that you would encourage yourself, you would believe again and you would stand. And you would encourage yourself in God. That you would get into the Word and you would see David and you would see Joseph and you would see Jeremiah. And you would see others that encourage themselves in God. Oh... If there's anyone here today that the enemy has been speaking to and says, you can't do that. We break that lie in Jesus' name because God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. You are able to minister to others by the Spirit of God at work within you. That in fact, everyone is gifted. Everyone is graced. Everyone has a purpose. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You're not just drifting through life. But God has called you. If there's someone here today that feels like they're just stuck in quicksand, the Lord would say to you today, learn to rest. Learn to wait upon the Lord. For he will raise you up.
on eagles' wings so that you will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not be faint. We are here because of what Jesus has done in our life. We are here because we believe in the more, the abundant life, the more than conquerors, the overcomers. Lord, we give ourselves to you today. Lord, we, Lord, we only want to hear from you. Every lying spirit, every false word would be brought down in Jesus' name, that your spirit, the spirit of truth, would speak so loudly that we will be changed from glory to glory. Lord, I want to thank you for each and every person here today. Lord, we make a choice. We make a choice today. We make a choice. And it starts this afternoon. It starts tomorrow. And it continues every day. Lord, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Have your way in me. Here I am. Here I am. We hear the call to be the change makers. Because our God is a way maker. Amen. Jesus. I speak freedom. I speak release over you today in Jesus' name. I speak hope. I speak fresh hope into your lives today. Jesus. Jesus. We make a choice right now to worship. Amen. Come on. Right now in this moment, we make a choice. I 